Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Walking in faith and victory is the sermon title this morning. Walking in faith and victory. How many are boxing fans here just out of curiosity? I know there's one right here. Uh, there's a couple, right? There's a few. Well, everybody knows that it takes, it takes a jab and then a right. It's, it's two punches that are deadly. It's two punches that are deadly. And, and a combination is a deadly thing in boxing. In the spiritual world, it's no different. You have to have a combination. And the combination we're going to talk about this morning is faith and victory. Faith and victory. They go hand in hand. And even, even before I go there, there was just something that was stirring my heart this morning. You know... Uh, last night when we were at the wedding, Raquel, Raquel said, did you see the sunset? And I said, no, I, I missed it because I was so busy focusing on the wedding and, 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 and the good thing you know, that was going on, the music and the food and so forth. She goes, yeah, it was, it was a real nice sunset. And it reminded me that you cannot help but look at that and know that there is a creator that loves you. I don't know about you, but if you, if you are like, like many of us that were taught in school that this was due to a big bang, and this was an explosion that occurred, and you are here as a result of that, I mean, it takes more faith to believe that than to believe Genesis chapter 1. You know that? Amen. It takes more faith to believe that. And so, again, just enjoying what's around you. It's very simple to enjoy what God has created for you, for you, for every one of us, for your enjoyment. He created it for your enjoyment. Did you know that? He created it for your enjoyment. So I just had to get that out of the way. I just felt that Lord wanted me to share that this morning and remind us of his beautiful creation. Amen? So um, getting back to this, walking in faith and in victory. I want to talk to you this morning about three important elements that we as believers need to have in order to walk in faith and in victory. Because here's the honest truth. Here's, here's where a lot of us live, like this, with our heads down and discouraged. With our heads down, thinking it'll never get better. This situation is always going to be like this. I'll always be a loser, possibly, maybe what you're thought process is or may have been. I'll never amount to anything. This situation will never change. And if you're not careful, that's where you can live in, in your mind, in your spirit. And that will dominate every facet of your life. It will consume you if you're not careful, if you allow that process to take over. If you've ever spoken to any person that's depressed... Maybe that's been you at some point. All of us go through periods of time like that. Those are the attitudes that come out, that you project without even speaking a word. Those attitudes are projected outwardly. But I want to remind you this morning as believers, we're to walk in faith and victory. Can I get an amen? Amen? God desires and wants us to be free of all the concerns that you have in this world. Like, for example... All the things we see going on in Europe, in France, in, in, uh, in the, the UK, and the, the terrorism and so forth. And 
that can grip you. That fear can grip you in, in thinking that, oh my goodness, it's, it's going to happen here. Well, you know, we, we have a, a great country here. They take great precautions, but we can't walk in, in fear. Remember what we, we've spoken on here, fear, fear, the acronym that we use here is false expectations appearing real is what fear is. Fear will grip your mind and paralyze you and keep you in a place and prevent you from growing, from walking in faith. It'll keep you trapped. That's what fear does. But God wants to set you free from that, amen? He wants to give you faith and victory to overcome that. Now, we want to and we need to become effective warriors in the kingdom of God by walking in faith, walking in victory. The devil, on the other hand, who is your enemy... How many know that the devil is a liar? Amen? The devil is a liar and will say things to keep you down, to, dis- to condemn you, to discourage you. I had that conversation with Raquel last night. She was asking me, what's the difference between condemnation and, and the Holy Spirit providing, you know, um, I forgot what the exact words were that she used, but she, she wanted to know what condemnation was and said, well, God will never condemn you. If you feel condemned, it does not come from your Father in heaven. He will never, ever condemn you because He loves you. God will never condemn you. It doesn't matter what you did. How many times have we been up here and I've I've played the video of the adulterous woman, of of the tax collector, of Matthew the tax collector being called by Jesus. God never condemned them. He loved them. He invited them into his presence. And then he said, go and sin no more. That's all he would say. But he would never condemn them. So he wants to set you free from any condemnation you may be experiencing or have experienced in your life. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says, and will throw everything at you from your past to make you feel condemned today. And I'm here to remind you that God wants to set you free from that. Amen? I want to read Psalms 89. If you'll stand with me just for reading of a couple of scriptures. I've got a whole bunch more, but I want to just stand in honor of of these two scriptures here this morning. Psalms chapter 89. It's on your outline. 89 verses 15 and 16. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. It says this. How blessed are the people... Who know, the, who know the joyful sound. O oh Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all the day. And by your righteousness they are exalted. And then I want to turn to Philemon. It's not in your outline, but I have another scripture. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6. I think it's actually on the back of your outline. It's on the very top scripture. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6 says the following. And this is out of the ESV version. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's pray right now. Father, we invite your presence into this place this morning, Lord. We pray, God, that you would help us to open our hearts this morning, Lord, to receive from you what you would have for every individual in this place. Lord, it's amazing to know that, God, that you care for every one of us as individuals and that you want to meet, you desire to meet the need of every person in this place. So I pray, Father, your anointing, that your spirit, that your word would speak life. 
this morning. Speak victory into every person here from the youngest to the oldest. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm a child of the king this morning. Look at your neighbor. Tell him I'm a child of the king. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know why you're a child of the king? Because he's your father. He's your father. Amen. Amen. So here's what Paul is saying in in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 here. He's saying that our faith becomes effective against the wiles of the enemy when we begin to share or communicate to those around us. How many have shared their testimony to an unbeliever? How many have shared what God is doing in their lives to somebody that doesn't know yet what God can do? Have you done that before? And have you watched your faith become even more alive in that process? Have you watched the faith in that person all of a sudden from nothing, all of a sudden to start to gain some hope that, yeah, there, there, there's a God and, and, and he loves me? Little old me? Yes, that's the truth. And that's what Paul is saying here is that that's a joyful sound that God wants to hear. He wants to hear you sharing your testimony, sharing your faith to others. Because that, was, that will help you in your walk in faith. Amen? The, the three elements that I want to read to you this morning or talk to you about this morning are, number one, that we must acknowledge who we are in Christ. That's what we do by witnessing. Number one, we must acknowledge who we are in Christ. Number two, we must acknowledge what we have in Christ. What we have in Christ. And then three, the third point that I'll be touching on is declare what he has done for you. Every one of you here, the Lord has done something for you in your life. I don't care whether you recognize that or not. He has done great mighty things for you. Amen? Amen. So, first of all, we must acknowledge who we are in Christ. I just had you say, you are a a son, a child of the Most High, a child of the King, right? We are sons and daughters of God. Amen? You are are heirs to His throne. He has given you benefits as believers that non-believers don't have. I'll show you one yesterday. Yesterday I went with Bianca to the mall in in Fairfield. We went to the Solana Mall because Bianca likes to shop. And she wanted someone to go with her. So I said, I'll go with you. And so we went. And my custom is, Lord, give us a a parking spot close to the mall, right? Because how many know the the mall is always crowded? I don't care when you go. It's always crowded. So we parked right in front of Macy's. It's the very first parking spot right in front of the door. Right next to the handicapped, of course. We got as close as we could. But that's the favor of God. And we do that all the time. God does that all the time. And so if you want to go with me and you want to see that work, go with me sometime and we'll do that. And God opens up that that's parking space. I don't do it. I have no power in that. God does that. Amen. Those are part of the benefits you have as believers. The non-believer, they're circling around that parking lot. They're parking way back there. They needed that exercise. I didn't need that exercise. But here, let me read a, a scripture to you. And we've got a bunch of scriptures for you on the outline on the back. And that's for, for your uh, studying later on. But I've got all these scriptures that I'm going to read to you on the back. And John 1 and 12 says this. And we read this earlier as a scripture verse. It says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You are his children. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter today. Amen? Yeah. Romans eight 
15, 16 says the following, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He has adopted you. You are now adopted as his kids. You are God's kids. You are kingdom kids, which is what I preached about a couple weeks ago. You're kingdom kids now, and your spirit now, through this word, begins to testify of that. People begin to see that in your life and begin to see you're a child of the king. You think differently. You act differently. You don't you don't act just like the world. You're different. We're part of this world, but they see something different in you. At least they should. Amen? Amen. Number two here is we're spiritual heirs to the kingdom. We're spiritual heirs. Galatians 3.29 says this, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Do you know what an heir is? Somebody that's going to inherit something. If you've ever had... A, that rich uncle, right? I've never had no rich uncles, but uh, I hear stories of people that had rich uncles and they inherit stuff. And that's an heir. You receive it. Well, the Lord, our Father, is, is saying, here, I've got all this stuff that I want to give you, that I want to just dump on you. And it's free. All you got to do is believe in me. And, and all those promises are captured here in his word. And they're available to you and I today if you want them. You don't have to have them. You could tell that rich uncle, oh, that's all right. I'm good with my 1975 Monte Carlo. Uh, I'm good with my 1981 Toyota, you know. Uh, That's all right. I don't need a, you know, whatever. I don't think too many of us are going to do that, right? We're going to say, sure, rich uncle, where do I sign? And, And God wants to do the same thing with each of you. He wants to give you spiritual blessings. He wants to give you favor in your life. And all you you need to do is be obedient. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're spiritual heirs. And then number three, we're a new creation. Thank goodness we're a new creation. That our minds are different than they were in the past. There's a defining moment. uh, In my life, there's a defining moment when things clicked. When they turned, when I began to think differently, when I began to put God as number one, because before I was number one, I was number one. I was selfish. It was all about me. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. That's not the way God designed life to be. God designed life to be that I should put others ahead of me. And, and he is to be number one. And when you do that, you begin to realize because you're a new creation, that's the divine design. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, and you've heard this before, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. The new things have come. The new things have come. Amen? And, and here's what we have to have. We, when we have a good understanding that we're a new creation in Christ, when we have that good understanding that we're a new creation in Christ, Then and only then, Satan is unable to throw your past at you. He can't throw it at you because it's deflecting off of you. You're going, I'm a new creation in Christ. I don't identify with that old person that you're trying to condemn now. I don't identify with that old Rick anymore. So Satan can't bring me down and bring up things of my past because I'm not that person anymore. I'm a new person in Christ. 
He covers all of my sins. In fact, he's forgotten them all, thrown them all into the sea of forgetfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. He no longer remembers our sins as a new creation. That's one of the most powerful things as a believer that you can have in your life. And then fourthly, we are mighty conquerors in Christ. How many have heard this scripture before? Romans 8.37 Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Amen. We are more than what? More than conquerors. Do you know what a conqueror is? Someone that you can't stop them. You got to get out of their way. They're going to take over. They're going to establish dominion. They're going to establish precedence. They're going to jump right in and get out of my way. I'm conquering. That's the power, the living power that you have inside of you today. You are more than conquerors, able to overcome any obstacle through the power of Jesus Christ in your life. I don't care what it is, sickness, whether it's health, whether it's bad grades, whether it's a bad teacher, whether it's, it's a bad home infested with roaches. I don't know where that came from. Whatever it is, you can overcome it. You're more than a conqueror this morning. Don't be looking down like this, like you've been sucking on sour lemons all morning long, you know. I want you to put a smile on your face because the God that created you wants you to understand you need to walk by faith and victory. You're more than a conqueror. You're his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. It's not that bad, no matter what you're facing here today. I don't care what it is. And here's the other thing. Somebody always has it worse than you. Have you figured that out yet? Somebody always has it worse than you. We can allow Satan and our situation to beat us up and think at that moment, nobody has it worse than me. Nobody has it worse than me. Nobody understands what I'm going through. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not the first one to face what you're going through. You're not the first one and you won't be the last one. You know, God gives you strength day by day, man, one day at a time. You're more than conquerors through him who, who loves us, who strengthens us. Because of our position in Christ, the enemy cannot defeat us. Because of our position in Christ. Not because of who you are. It's because of who he is. Amen? It's because of who he is. You cannot be defeated. Amen? Luke 10 verse 19 says this. Behold, I give you the authority, and he's talking to you today. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, he's not saying go out there and foolishly pick up scorpions and test God. You don't test God in that. There's only one place in the Bible where he says, test him. And that's in giving of your tithes. And that's Malachi 3.10. He says, test me in this and see if I don't open the, the windows of heaven to you. But we shouldn't go up there and say, well, the Bible says that if I pick up a snake, it's not going to bite me. Don't test God. He might want to teach you a lesson, okay? But he, what he's saying here is that the enemy cannot defeat you. Christ has you covered. Amen? It doesn't matter what situations or hardships you may be experiencing today. Again, it doesn't matter. God has already given you the victory and has given you the power to overcome. He's already given it to you. He leads you through those trials and tribulations. Have, every one of us here have gone through a trial and then looked back and thought, 
later, after you've gone through it, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as, as what I thought at the time. It wasn't as bad as I thought in my mind. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. When you get out of something difficult, it never seems to be as bad as it was at the moment you're going through it. How many can relate to that this morning? Amen? And then the second point I have, those are, those are just the, the first few points on point number one, the sub-points. Here's, here's point number two. We must acknowledge what we have in Christ. We must acknowledge what we have in Christ. The Bible tells us that we're to continually, continually bring to mind all the wonderful benefits, privileges that we have in Christ Jesus, like being able to park in front of Macy's by just saying, Lord, give us a, an open parking spot right there as close as you can. Because I didn't feel like walking a mile away. I, w- I was tired all day yesterday. We had the wedding and been, been working hard, and I was really tired. I just wanted to be spend some time with my daughter, and we got to spend some time together and had a good time. But I wanted to get a close parking spot, amen? And the Lord blessed us. Here's, here's a scripture that I want to read to you about acknowledging what we have in Christ. Psalms 103, I, I did not put this one on your outline. Psalms 103, here's what it says in Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5, if you want to find that. Psalms 103, starting in verse 1, says the following. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your, re- your youth is renewed like the eagle's. That's a, that's a mouthful right there. There's a lot of blessing going on right there. There's so many benefits. Let me break it down to you in simple language here what those scriptures are saying. Here are some of the benefits that everybody here from the front row all the way to the back of this room can experience on a daily basis. Number one, forgiveness for all iniquities. Healing for all diseases. Redeems you from destructive influences, from habits. Crowned with loving kindness and tenderness. Satisfied with good things. Spiritual renewal. Love, joy, peace, and righteousness. Spiritual quickening or power over sin. Spiritual authority. Gifts of the Spirit. Divine abilities. Spiritual understanding and enlightenment. That's a sampling of some of the benefits you and I have. Here's a question for you this morning. Are you taking advantage? Are you tapping into those benefits that are freely available to you and I today? Are you tapping into that? The Lord is saying, here it is. There it is. There it is. Amen. And I want to read another scripture to you. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 17 through 20 says the following. It says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, 
above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That is the great mighty God we serve. He can do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can think, all we can say or imagine. That to me, I, I can't comprehend that. I really can't. So when I tie that together with scriptures like all things are, are possible to him who believes and know that this scripture, the Lord is telling me I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that. We serve a mighty God. Amen. amen. We serve a great God. Now, now, with all that in mind, let's go back to that second scripture we read at the outset. Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6, because it should have a greater impact upon us as we read it. So, so let me read it to you again. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you, Christ Jesus. Here's, here's what I'm telling you this morning. You will never walk in victory unless you walk in the Word of God. You will never walk in victory unless you walk in the Word of God. You can come to church Sundays. You can come to church to our Wednesday night Bible studies. This week we're not having one. But unless you walk in his word, you will never walk in victory. Amen. I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk by faith. And then in turn, you will walk in victory. Point number three. Declare what he's done for you. Here's one of the greatest ways I, I often get asked. How can I share, you know, with somebody, you know, I have this situation, that situation. How can I share with them? You know, maybe they, they're not a believer. Maybe, maybe they're an atheist. Maybe they're an agnostic. Maybe they haven't been to church in a long time because they got hurt and they've walked away from church. They're backslid and whatever the case might be. I always tell people, yeah, you, you can share the word. But to me, more importantly, share your experience. Share your testimony to them. Because see, they can't argue what God's done in your life. They may want to argue. They may want to argue. They may want to argue what this word of God says. They may say, well, I don't believe in that. They may say that, well, that's your opinion. They may say, well, that's what some man wrote. But when you give them your testimony, when you tell them what God's done in your marriage, when you tell them what God's done in your life, they can't argue that. They cannot argue that. That is the most powerful weapon you have as a believer is your testimony. Amen? And that's what Philemon is, is saying here, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. Christ Jesus. See, Christ Jesus lives in you to give you that testimony. Amen? Because you're more than a conqueror. But here's, here's where reality hits. Do you, here's the question. Do you walk in defeat? Do you walk in defeat when, when you're before other believers or non-believers or in your, in your daily job tomorrow? Is it going to be, oh yeah, I'm already tired. It's Monday. I'm tired. I'm hungover, or whatever it might be, you know. Are you walking with your head down already? Or, or hopefully you're walking in there upbeat, knowing who you are in Christ, that you're more than a conqueror, that you walk by faith, that you're walking in victory, amen? amen. Or do you spend more time thinking about those failures? Do you spend time as you're driving to work? Oh, goodness, here I am driving to that job I can't stand. 
Oh my goodness, what am I doing? How much longer am I going to be a slave to this job? But I got to go because I got to pay the bills. And you know, that's a defeated life. That's a miserable life. God doesn't want you to have that kind of life. He came to this world. He sent his son to die on a cross to tell you, I love you. That's what he did when he went to Calvary. He went to the cross to die for you, to tell you that he loves you. Amen? Amen. Our failures and our sins can keep us down, can condemn us. But again, you've got to learn to shake that off. You've got to learn to cast that off. That is no longer you. You are now a, a new creation in Christ. You're more than a conqueror. Amen? Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says the following. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's the truth right there. What your heart is thinking, contemplating, that's who you are. You may speak something different. You may voice something different. But what your heart is thinking, your heart attitude, that's really who you are. Amen? Yeah. Here's what I want to give you today. I want you to receive today the spirit a victory to understand that as a believer, I need to begin to walk in a spirit of victory. And, and that's looking at this glass or this cup, this bottle, half full, and changing it from half empty to half full now. It's, it's changing your perspective, beginning to look and understand that the things that God has given you and realizing the benefits. Number one, each of you walked out of your household today. None of you had a severed spine or suffering from stomach cancer or in the hospital laid up like the three people we prayed for this morning. All of you walked here by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. By the grace of God, you're walking here. All of you are of sound mind and sound body. None of you came on crutches, on a wheelchair, in a walker. By the grace of God. Amen? Amen. How many benefits has God given you? Every one of you is clothed, and thank God, because I don't want to see people coming in unclothed. Every one of you came in a vehicle, and, and some nice vehicles, I might add, and that's a blessing. That's a blessing from the Lord. Are you thankful for that? Are you walking in faith and victory and saying, Lord, thank you for those wonderful benefits. Thank you for the spirit of victory in my life, that I don't have to live and walk condemned, defeated, no longer. That may have been you in the past, but it should no longer represent you as a believer in Christ. Who are you serving if you're walking in condemnation? God is challenging you. He wants to challenge you today to walk in victory from this day forward. Amen? Will you accept that this morning? Yes. Philippians 4.8. And I'm going to start to close here. Philippians 4.8 says this. Finally, brethren, this is out of the New King James Version. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. And what it's saying, what the Word of God is saying is, don't get caught up in your situation that that to you looks bleak, that to you looks impossible, that to you it looks like you can never overcome whatever that trial may be. Rather, the Bible is telling us, Paul is telling us, 
Think on those things that are pure. Begin to realize and look at the benefits God has given you. He's given you love, joy, peace, kindness, a good mind. Think on those things, amen? Amen. And meditate on those things. What is God working on your life today? What has He done this week in your life? What has He done this month in your life? Some Some of these kids this morning have graduated. Some, my daughter graduated from high school. Maybe there's some here that have graduated from middle school, going on to high school, or from, from grammar school, elementary to middle school. Those are all great and praiseworthy things to be proud of, achievements in their lives. Amen? Amen? Meditate on who you are in Christ and what he's done for you. What has he done for you? Each of you here, as, as we've gotten to know you in these last few years here, Anna and I and my family, each of you are growing. You're growing in the Lord. Your faith is maturing. None of you are staying stagnant. You're all growing. Remember the video we played a, a few weeks ago? I think it was for Mother's Day, <coughs> where we showed the, the adult that was in kids' church for 22 years, right? Because he wasn't growing. That was a hilarious video. It was the rubber band ball sermon. That's what it was. And the point of that was he wasn't growing. God's desire is not that you... For 22 years, stay at the same level spiritually. No, he wants you to grow and grow and grow. And that's what I see here. I see, you know, many people here missing today, but they're growing. They're growing in the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are growing in the Lord. Meditate on his power and unlimited ability towards you. One of our, our, our scripture verse here for this church is with God all with by faith, with God, all things are possible. Amen. All things are possible to him who believes. That's what we need to be meditating on. His power in unlimited ability. You know, uh, Raquel asked me a provoking question last night. You know, as we're coming back from the wedding, it's 10 o'clock, we're driving home from Rutherford. And he goes, Dad, how come we don't see healings like like we hear about in the Bible where, you know, where, where Peter talked to that lame person at the gate and then, and Peter said, you know, uh, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You recall that account? She goes, how come we don't see that happen? I said, well, we do see that happen. Well, unfortunately, we don't see it a lot here in the Western world, in the Western churches in America. We see that a lot happening in our third world countries and other countries. I mean, from the people being raised from the dead, stories of that nature. Uh, broken limbs healed instantaneously, uh, people healed of all kinds of diseases. It does happen, but here's the thing. It has to start with a believing prayer, a prayer, a believing prayer. Now, there's, there's, there's a couple of ways, too, when it comes to healing that I want you to understand, too. God will heal you one of two ways. He's going to heal you instantaneously, or he's going to heal you by bringing you home to be with him. Amen? That's what we also have to understand. It's ultimately his call. You and I don't heal. If, if that were the case, we'd go around healing everybody. I'd go around laying hands on every homeless person here in Vallejo or where we live, over by Costco, in the name of Jesus, be healed and go get a job. Amen. I'd be healing them all. I really would. But it's not that simple. God has his plan and his will that will be done. Amen. God has given us power and unlimited ability. The Bible says that we will do these things as the apostles did and greater things. The Bible says that. So 
Yes, the answer is yes, we should be able to see those things in our generation today. It wasn't a period in time where that ended. When the New Testament was written, miracles didn't cease. No, God forbid. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? How many believe that? Amen? Amen. Amen. And let me close with a couple of scriptures here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Casting down every thought that exalts self or me against the knowledge of God is what it's saying. Casting it down, casting it away. For example, thoughts of, I'm a loser. I'm a nobody. You know, that's, that's a great problem with our young people. Even into adulthood, it carries on. But for young people, that's a real issue. My life will never get right. I'll never have what so-and-so has. Those are thoughts that you need to cast away from you as a believer. You are more than a conqueror, amen? Each of you are more than conquerors. Walk by faith, walk in victory, amen? And then Psalms 1, chapter 1. I want to read to you three verses. The first three verses, starting in verse 1. And this is out of the New King James Version. It says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Amen. How many want to be that person here today that will stand, that will, that will grow, that will be prosperous? Amen. Planted by the river. In other words, planted in the Word of God. Planted in the Word of God. Growing, growing, maturing. Amen. See, when Satan comes, show him. It's written here that you're a child of the king. That you're no longer that person that he used to condemn. That he used to bring down. That he used to be able to play with in the mind. Show him. Hey, devil. You're a liar, and I'm a child of the king, and I walk in faith, and I walk in victory. Amen? Amen. 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 See, the enemy wants to have you forget what Christ has accomplished for you. He wants you to forget that you're a new creation in Christ. He wants you to forget that, and he wants to continually throw that past in your life. He wants to continually bring you down and condemn you. But the Lord wants to remind you how much he loves you, that he... He, he said, not only are you a new creation, I've forgiven you. I've wiped that, that, that board clean, free. It's now for you to, to do what you want with your life in terms of living for me. You set the standard now. Do what, do what I've commanded you to do. And he gives you that second opportunity, that third opportunity, and fourth opportunity, and fifth and sixth sometimes. Amen? God is not here to condemn you. God loves you. I want you to say this with me. God loves me this morning. Doesn't that feel good when you say that? Close your eyes this morning and say that with me. God loves me.